Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. We hope you'll be encouraged to have an I'm Third approach as you navigate family, leadership, and spiritual growth. If you're new to our conversation, welcome. It's so great to have you. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. My name is Shay Robbins, and I'm joined today by my teammate, co-host, and my favorite archery instructor. It's Joe White. Shay, thank you for that introduction. I do enjoy teaching archery. It's a great sport. We all we call all of our sports the greatest sport on Kennecuck Hill. That's an old expression that dates back about 50 years. But archery is the greatest sport on Kennecuck Hill. Give us a sales pitch, Joe. Why is archery the best? What do you love about it? Archery is to hunting as fly fishing is to fishing. It's the fine art of game hunting. Love archery hunting and have for years. But I just love seeing kids. Kids love to take that arrow for the first time and put it on their bow and like Robin Hood to poke that bullseye with a arrow, they get so excited. And I love it when kids can become successful in anything. Archery is almost instant success. That's why I love teaching archery. And as you go through each target, like you get to see them get better and better with every target. It's yeah, like yeah, the improvement. It, just it's, it's like wakeboarding. We we got wakeboard parks. We love to see kids get up on wakeboards for the first time because it's instant success. And success in sports, oftentimes, we find this at camp, when a child can find something they can do well, it often builds their inner core You call it self-esteem. We call it Christ-esteem. But it builds up their person inside of themselves so they can face bigger challenges in life. That's right. You are getting me pumped up for (laughs) summer right now. That's why I love Kim so much. Shay, I'm really excited to uh, get into this topic today. You've got a good one here for us, buddy. That's right. Today, we are talking about overcoming fears as a leader. Leaders wrestle with fears and insecurities like anybody else, and I can attest to that. In some ways, however, the stakes are higher because our unresolved fears and our insecurities, they ultimately affect not just ourselves, but those who are following us. And so I think it's super important for leaders to lean into this, to identify their own fears and insecurities and overcome them in order to lead well. Joe, we've got some pretty special guests in to speak on the topic, don't we? We do. We've got the Camp Out team, the originators of uh, Camp Out. If you haven't heard of Kennecuck Camp Out, uh, the folks who are on the show today and their team take these massive trailers. I can picture people when our trailers go down the highway and the trailers they carry to do the Camp Out events with children <laughs> all over the country are these big climbing towers with zip lines. And they take these uh, big vans full of inflatables and they appear with their gregarious, enthusiastic staff in church parking lots and other similar locations. And younger children pile into these camp out venues and they have the biggest blast of their life for a week. So these are our uh, two originators of camp out. Jimmy Funderburk with an F, not a T, Funderburk. Funderburk, that's right. <laughs> is the is the leader of our camp out thing. Jimmy has got a really thrilling 
past, as many of you know. He played some college football back in the day, and then he drifted over to a little community college in Dallas where he met a most dynamic woman named Dawn. They've been married for a while. <laughs> They've got a boy named Zach, who I think is 25, a boy named Graham, who's about 21. I think Will's around 15. And so Jimmy has quite a family, and they're not just boys. They are some of the most remarkable young men, Shay, that we've ever met around Kennecock. They are. We all know how intensely I mean. I'm hoping that his oldest becomes the president of the United States here in a few years. Probably he's He is literally the guy for the job. Yeah, he is quite the young man. And so Kara Williams is so fun to be around. Kara did cheerleading at Oklahoma State. She still smiles like a cheerleader. She's just got the most cool, the coolest countenance. And she's very loved around Canuck. She's done some really cool things like ran a Disney marathon at one point in life. And she is a great friend maker. So Jimmy and Kara, welcome to our podcast. Thank you, Joe. I'll also add that Kara has... She has a spiritual gift, an amazing laugh, and an even better sneeze. (laughs) I mean, oh, oh, yeah. A great sneeze. Oh, phenomenal sneeze. It's the kind of sneeze that when she lets it loose, like everybody comes out of their chair. (laughs) Phenomenal. If you want a room to quieten down, Kara sneezes and it's done. Kara, I think, you know, honestly, it just represents your inner power. You know, you let it out. You're like, wow, that is a powerful woman. (laughs) Never thought about it that way. <laughs> oh, I have. So, Shay, our friend Gary Smalley used to say that fear is temporary atheism. Let's get into the show today. Let's get into it. Okay, I'm going to lead out with this question for you guys. As a leader, I think one of the errors that we can make in leadership is to ignore our fears and insecurities, either to pretend we don't have them, to hide them, to skirt around them. And ultimately, there's negative ramifications. And I think it's actually a good way to start out the conversation. What are the negative ramifications? I think if we know them, it might drive us into that space where we can overcome them. So what would you guys say some some of those negative ramifications of fear and insecurity are in a leader? Well, I mean, just thinking of of like what this topic is and, and fear and just being insecure. And I mean, just to be honest, you know, there's things that we encounter every day, you know, like this podcast talking where I know lots of people could be listening, could be an insecurity of mine or of anybody doing it. But I think a ramification of like giving into your fear, giving into your insecurity is you're really stifling the plans that that God may have in store for you and the steps that he wants you to take to get there. So like if say if I was fearful of doing this and I said, Shay, no, I'm I'm not interested in doing this, you know, I could be taking away from the blessing of of what God has prepared through doing the show or coming to camp. So many times I feel like we're out interviewing and we're talking to staff and one of their main things and maybe main reasons of not saying yes to coming and working at camp is fear is like, I've never done this before. I've never, I've never not been in my hometown for a summer or whatever it may be. By giving into that fear, I believe that you could be stopping what could be the ultimate blessing of, of what God has in store 
for whatever situation it may be. Mm. Kara, what would you add? I would agree with everything Jimmy obviously said. I would say as I was sitting here and just processing it even the last few days about this podcast, I think for me, it honestly comes down to where am I putting my trust and hope into? At the end of the day, it's am I letting myself be dictated by fears and emotions and feelings that change and are not consistent, are not grounded and rooted in anything? Or am I allowing myself be dictated and um, guided by the Holy Spirit? I think I know from experience in my early years of just being a director, like there is freedom in being guided and running in line with the Holy Spirit and what the Lord has entrusted you with. And then there are some discomfort when you are allowing yourself to be dictated by the fears or emotions or feelings that are ever changing because that's not consistent. It's not grounded or rooted in anything. And so the ramifications of it, I think, is you're not running the lane that the Lord has entrusted you with. You're not stewarding it well. Mm -hmm. And I think at the same time, though, it's good to communicate and recognize those fears, like you said, because sometimes it can be easy to like, oh, I don't have them or let's not talk about them. But I think at the same time, it's such a growing moment for yourself to recognize, talk about it, but then also a teachable moment for those that you're leading to, for them to be able to see, okay, this is what they are working through, or this is what they're having to walk through right now of like, yeah, this is how I'm feeling, or maybe these are my insecurities, but I'm going to trust the Lord with what he's given me. And I'm going to allow myself to walk through that because my hope and trust is in him. Mm -hmm. One of my fears and experiences is when as a leader, if you're functioning in fear and insecurity, your team cannot often can't thrive, right? So a lot of leaders will feel like, you know, if the people underneath them are succeeding, they become a threat, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's completely the opposite way that you want to be thinking as a leader. Like, if you're going to lead a team well, you want everyone underneath you thriving, crushing it, making a difference, worthy of promotion. And when we allow insecurities to slip in, we can actually become a dampen those that we're leading. That's the opposite thing that we're trying to accomplish as a leader. Yes, yeah, I heard one time the sign of a true good leader is like you can step away in your camp or your business or whatever it may be, never skips a beat. It's because you've led so well, because you're not insecure about the people underneath you and you want the best for them because they and you're teaching them to lead as well. Mm -hmm. You know, our ultimate goal is for, you know, not the counselors here just to stay counselors. We want these guys to come here and be world changers. And so it's it's leading them in a way that will that will lead to that. Yeah. I think another common mistake is is a leader feeling like I have to have the best ideas or else my team will lose respect for me. And what a leader should be doing instead of having, you know, establishing the their best idea, they should be finding the best idea. And when that comes from your team, it actually there's more power behind it because your team is then empowered and they believe in the best idea. And so I think that insecurity can thwart us that way too. Let me ask you guys this. What's kind of the source of these fears and insecurities? Like, where do you think that they come from? Whatever your goal is, whatever, like here, I mean, my ultimate goal for being here at camp is honestly to see 
young kids come to Christ through what we do, through Christian camping, through camp out. And who would be the number one person to want to stop that from happening? And it's the evil one, you know? And so honestly, any time Satan can get a foothold in something that you're doing and put a doubt in your mind that, you know what, you're not good enough. You shouldn't be talking on this. You shouldn't be fill in the blank, whatever it may be, to get you off course from what you should be doing, to stick those fears and insecurities in your mind. He's going to take that opportunity because he doesn't want us to achieve the goal. Many people to heaven with us as possible. Mm-hmm. And that's that's our goal. And uh, we just get to do that through Christian camping or whatever it may be, you know, whoever's out there listening, whatever business you're in as a Christian, that should be your goal and whatever you're doing. And so it'd be stopping and listening to those doubts and those insecurities, whatever that may be to get you off track from what you should, what you're being called to do. Mm hmm. What would you say, Kara, where do fears and insecurities come from? I think the easy answer and the right answer is the enemy. I mean, I see it in my own life just within things that the Lord has set me up to do. And if I ever come a time of I am maybe fall into my fears or insecurities, it's because I start believing what the enemy tells me. With that, I then have to stop, like pause and see, okay, let me take a a list of like, okay, what am I feeling? What are these emotions? And are any of them true? And a lot of times they're not. And so I, then I have to say, okay, Lord, like what, what is truth? Mm-hmm. And what am I going to start allowing myself to defeat these lies with? Because if as a believer, the enemy is at work and he wants us to derail from what the Lord has us doing. And we get to sit there and choose each every day actively. Okay, I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm going to actually pursue him in his word and his truth and defeat any lies that the enemy um, throws at us. I think that distinction of lies and truth is really important because the lies that are going through your head that are reinforcing fears and insecurities, right? I mean, really and truly. And when, when our mind isn't right, when we're focused on those things, every single time that that lie cycles through our head, that fear gains power or that insecurity grows. And so to recognize the difference between the truth and a lie and and to replace the lie with truth is absolutely essential. Shay, something that's helped me immensely in my coaching and counseling over the years has been when I'm helping somebody walk through their fears. We talk about there's always two coaches as we play the game of life. And one coach on one sideline is always telling you a lie. And the other coach on the other sideline is always telling you the truth. On one sideline, the liar is always saying, you're going to fail. This is too difficult for you to overcome. This source of bitterness, this source of fear, the source of anxiety, whatever it is you're going through, you can't do it and you're going to fail. The other sideline, however, is saying, we can do this together without a doubt. I'm God and we can overcome this. And so as we play the game of life, we get a choice. And I'll look at that person I'm working with and go, which coach are you going to listen to? 
And they'll always say, well, I'm going to listen to the coach who encouraged me. That's Jesus. And when fear begins to peek its head into your heart and into your mind, you get to make that choice. Okay, I got a question for you guys. And and Joe, I encourage you to chime in too. And I'm, I'm not sure I really know the answer right offhand, but we're lumping fear and insecurity together. What's the difference? Like, how do you define the two? I would say for me, insecurity would be more looking at yourself, basically telling yourself, I'm not good enough. You know, where you get the term insecure, I'm insecure, you're insecure. And I think that's more self. Whereas a fear could be a fear of, it could be anything, you know, I don't like to fly. I have a fear of flying. I have a fear of, uh, you know, anything external, but I would say we're, that's in my mind where I think the two main differences. Yeah, that be. makes a lot of sense to me. That's a good way to think about it. Insecurity is like uh, grammar school or kindergarten or preschool. And fear is post-grad work of the enemy. As I have my little, you know, insecurities in life, oftentimes the data find out that kids are almost born with different degrees of potential for uh, insecurities. But as that insecurity seed in grammar school plants itself in your heart and you do find yourself insecure with heights or insecure with crowds or insecure with speaking or insecure with reading in front of the class, and then you let that seed grow and you don't in a healthy way overcome that little insecurity, then it becomes fear and that's debilitating. So how do you have the confidence to push through fears? Like, how do we know that, that fears aren't the reason, aren't reasons to do something differently? At the end of the day, I believe we have to go back to where our hope and trust is. For me, I can sit here and let myself be run by fears of today, tomorrow, whatever I might be in charge of, um, and let that dictate my steps. Or I can trust in the one who created the world, who says who he is from the beginning of time. And I would say for me, it's taking a step back and recognizing kind of like what Joe said, we get to choose where I'm putting my faith in. And it'll always go back to Jesus Christ and what he's done for us and why we are here today and why we get to live our life today because of what he did on the cross. Let me bounce this back over to the dads. So talk about the difference between healthy fear and unhealthy fears. Well, I mean, obviously, you know, we were talking about my three sons a while ago. Um, my youngest one is learning to drive right now. And you talking about a fear. I mean, I remember when the older two, the first time they pull out on their own out of the driveway, there, there is a, a fear that I had in my heart of I am no longer there. I'm no longer in control. However, I want them to have a healthy fear of the responsibility of driving a vehicle, of whatever it is they're doing in life. And so I want them to have a healthy, healthy fear of, of right and wrong and, and how to do something like that. Unhealthy fears, I would say, you know, are just things that they may just be scared to do, scared to try for the first time, scared to, you know, when you're you're talking about sending them off to school or off to college or how far do you want to go or 
or things like that, um, I think that's that would be unhealthy fears where as parents, you need to jump in and really encourage. That's just an insecure thought that's that's in your heart, that's in your head. You need to go to the word and you need to battle through that. In my mind, I think that's the differences between having a healthy fear and an unhealthy fear of things. Yeah, great. Well put, Jimmy. Joe, would you add anything? Yeah, Shay, I was just thinking about <laughs> when my kids were small, I would take off with the children at night and we'd go on a mystery trip and they would get so excited because they knew the mystery trip was going to be something cool. Well, it was a mystery trip because they didn't know what we we're going to do, but they knew it was going to be great. And they yeah. knew it was going to probably end up at the Dairy Queen because that was before Chick-fil-A and McDonald's came to Branson. Well, they trusted me. And they knew I was a good dad, and I adored them. And even though it was a mystery, it was going to be great. And so life to me is a mystery trip. Mm. And we've got a really, really good dad. And he's taking us on a mystery trip. And sometimes, Shay, there's pain. Sometimes there's loss. Sometimes there's suffering. And sometimes along the trail on the mystery trip, we call it hard but we've got a really good dad, and the end of the mystery trip is going to be something really, really great. And if I believe that with all my heart, these insecurities and these anxieties and fears that pop up, I know I've got a good dad. And I know at the end of the trip, there's going to be a great reward and the reward is so great, it takes the mystery out of the mystery trip. It erases the fears and gives me the reward, as Jimmy said, the reward of peace with my Heavenly Father. Joe, you just blew my mind. <laughs> I, I, am, I have a new theme for my life, and it's mystery trip. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> I am totally... Ripping that off. That's phenomenal. Okay, I'm going to ask two big questions to close. And I, I want all, all three of you to chime in. Question number one, how do you go about determining if you have unhealthy fears and insecurities? How do you know? Because have you ever been around a leader that's blind to those things? Like it's common, like somehow we miss them. How do you go about determining them? One that I can honestly think of that's close memory for me is when I was asked if I was interested in coming and taking over the role of being the campout director. At the time, I owned five different businesses. I had tons of things going on. And honestly, I just kind of had a, a doubt in my head and my heart that I was too old to take this on. I mean, I'd kind of passed my time as a as a camp director, honestly, was just doubting myself of, of can I do this? Mm. And so I just prayed and honestly sought, sought advice from some of my closest friends uh, here in town and across the country, made phone calls. And the, the words that I got from pastor friends of mine was that they were so encouraging to me that can't you see that this this is what you've been building up to all these years. Mm. Everything that you've done, you can use in this position. I mean, when I was first asked, I was like, and my first thought in my head was like, oh, there's no way I can do that. But within a few months of prayer and, and asking advice, it was a no, 
it was a no brainer. I remember when it hit me, it hit me like a light went off that you're supposed to go and do this. This is what I have for you next. After that point, there was no more, no more doubts and no more fear from that point on. And so I would say that's, that's the one story that comes closest to my mind of, yeah. of overcoming something that I felt really insecure about. The beauty of that was your humility as a leader, seeking counsel, inviting people into the situation, and they helped you see that you had, you know, whether it was a combination of fear and insecurity that stand in between something God wanted you to do, and they helped you to overcome it. Beautiful, beautiful picture. Kara, anything come to mind for you? Just being in the role that I am, honestly, I think regularly you can struggle or I can struggle with confidence. Am I equipped enough? Am I good enough for this job to lead the ladies, lead the team, lead this camp? And that's hard. Am I a part of the team? Am I not? And Thankfully, there have been seasons I've probably have not done this well, and I've let those fears and insecurities rule um, how I lead. But I'm thankful for people I have in my life that have spoken truth and have called me up in those moments that maybe I'm not walking in confidence of where the Lord has me and what I'm doing or walking in boldness because of maybe fear of how people are going to respond or how they may react. And so I think that is honestly, a, a daily surrender to the Lord of, it is none of me, it's all of him within this role that I am doing and in life that I get to trust him and come to him, even if there is uncomfortable moments of maybe being bold or having a hard conversation. I know that being pushed out of my comfort zone is going to lead to freedom and knowing I walked in what um, the Lord has called me in. And then also that was more on the leadership side of things. But I think personally, three years ago, unexpectedly, my dad passed away. And it was like I, we were hit with uh, the unknown of life. Reflecting on the role that my dad played kind of goes back to what Joe was saying earlier of my dad did a phenomenal job of putting me in situations that I were uncomfortable with or that would stretch me and that I didn't want to do because of fear of either fear of heights or like fear of like going and talking with that stranger. But alongside me, he would walk through those things with me. And I think he would always say, he's like, care if I ever put you in any unsafe position? And the answer was always no. He's like, okay, then trust me. And I just remember time with the Lord um, after my dad had passed, he said, Kara, have I ever misled you? And it's no, and life is unknown. And he said, okay, then trust me. The fear of the unknown can be scary. And I think that is where life can feel like it's spiraling out. But at the end of the day, that's where I'm like, okay, Lord, I trust you because none of this surprises you, even if it's just being surprised to me. What was that first fear emotion like of knowing I can't go to him anymore? What did that feel like to you? I mean, obviously there was loneliness, sadness, missing the person that I could call, talk to. It's hard. You kind of are, you're left of where do I go from here? But I'm thankful for how my mom from the get-go walked in it and led my sister and I um, to trust the Lord. And she clearly from the get-go, she said, girls, we don't know the why in this, but 
this is a story that the Lord has entrusted us with, and we get to choose how we steward it. And so even with the fears of unknown or, okay, what will life look like? Or the sadness that we may take in life, I know without a doubt, I get to trust the Lord through that and I get to have hope in him. And I think that has really shaped, honestly, a lot of my daily life of what I look, the lens I look through. Do you remember what it was like when questions and decisions and challenges faced you and you wanted to go to daddy with those things and he wasn't there? You recall? Absolutely. There's many times of as simple as my car is having an issue. <laughs> like I want to call him. What do I do? Or, okay, I'm walking through this crossroad of life of maybe a situation with others or things like that, that I just wanted to have his listening ear and guidance in that honestly leaves you with a hole of like, okay, I don't have this person to turn to, but also leaves you with gratitude of thankful for the time that you did have somebody, but then also realizing that is what we have in our heavenly father too. Were you able to go to God pretty readily or was it tough to make that transfer? Honestly, no, which I'm thankful for. And I know other people's journeys are all different, but I'm thankful for how my my parents raised me and they spoke truth into my life to where it truly guided me in all times to allow my eyes and my heart to be focused on the Lord and turn to Him in all things, even in the hard. And recognizing that when there is sadness or hurt, you can also coincide with joy, trust, faith at the same time and walk in that because that is what we have with our Heavenly Father. Joe, I'm going to ask you a question in closing, in summation. How do you overcome insecurity and fear when you discover it? Shay, to get really practical and down to earth, as Jimmy and Kara have done with us in this podcast, in Mexico, there's an expression our dear Latino friends say, que Dios es bueno todo el tiempo. Uh, forgive my Texas accent there, bro. But God is good all the time. And to realize some of us listening are like, well, I have a good father on this earth. Some of us like Kara, our father has passed. And some of us listening didn't have a good father in our home. But it all begins, even maybe now, after listening to Kara's dear little story about her dad passing, to accept the fact that God's a good, good father. God is good all the time. And we have a favorite expression around K-Land, uh, which comes from Jeremiah 29, 11. Everyone around K-Land seems to talk about it a lot, where God says, for I know, and you can fill in the blanks with your name, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. I love that. He's saying to whoever's listening, I'm declaring to you, I have plans for you. And he goes on to say, plans for your welfare, your goodness, not calamity, to give you a future and a hope. And so maybe even now, placing as Kara did when her father passed, that trust in God. He's a good, good father. And then, as Jimmy pointed out earlier in the broadcast, whether you call him the adversary, whether you call him the enemy, or like Jesus, you call him the thief, the liar, Satan, the devil, whatever you want to call him, 
realizing that he does want to rob you of the blessing of going on those mystery trips with God through pain, through challenges, and yet knowing as you cling to your father's hand, his plans for you are good. Listening to the good coach and turning off the volume of the bad coach who's lying to you, who's telling you you should be afraid, you can't do that, you can't overcome that, that's impossible for you, you've always been afraid, you've always been fearful, you'll never overcome it, turn the volume down and listen to your good, good father, maybe even now, maybe for the first time through prayer, saying, God, I will trust you. I will not be afraid. As Isaiah 12, 2 says, Lord, you're my stronghold. You're my sure defense. And you, Lord, will be my savior. It's a matter of trust, Shay, and a good, good father. Jimmy and Kara, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you to our listening audience for sharing your time with us today. We hope that today's conversation serves to fuel your I'm Third approach to family, leadership, spiritual growth, and mystery trips. With that, I'd love to pray for you. Father, we are so grateful that that you have a great plan for us and that you love us and that you take our hand and lead us through the hard parts of life. And I want to pray, Father, that today in the name of Jesus, that fear and insecurity would fall from those who are listening and that they would be emboldened by your spirit to be overcomers. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope today's conversation left you encouraged, strengthened, and empowered. If you haven't had a chance, please subscribe to our podcast today to stay up to date with the latest episodes. If this podcast has helped you in any way, please consider rating us, writing a review, or sharing it with others so we can continue to build you up with an I'm Third approach to family, leadership, and spiritual growth. For more information about the podcast, visit canacuckpodcast.com. And for more information about Canacuck, you can visit canacuck.com. <music>